0: The Rufus Project would like to advise the following podcast contains spoilers for Spice World, the movie from 1997. If you do not wish to have this movie spoiled, please watch it before listening to the following podcast. Is it a spicy treat, or are we just asking for indigestion? We watched Spice World from 1997 to see if we could redeem it. Were we successful? Find out after this theme.
1: Boy, oh boy.
0: Is it too good to be bad, so bad it's good, oh, what's it, do you think we should, it's got bad, I love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features boy? Hello and welcome to the Rufus Project Redeeming Features cast, this time looking at Spice World from 1997,
1: my choice. Uh, I am Trevor Holland and I am joined by... Christian Fletcher, whose who's choice it was not, which is quite surprising actually. <laughs> so thanks for having me back Trevor. And yeah, you've surprised me, you've, you've blown me out of the water actually with this request um, for, <laughs> for this podcast, so... We can only honour it by, um, by doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I felt like mixing it up and,
0: and keeping the musical bent going because we're having a very musical year um, overall. A few little uh, breaks from it every now and then, but it has been a very,
1: very music-based year, which is kind of fun so far. Oh, hey, it keeps things fun and light anyway, so no matter when anyone listens to this, it's going to brighten their day, hopefully, (laughs) or put them them off the movie for life, I don't know, we'll see how we go.
0: (laughs) We can, but hope, especially since I picked this not knowing that uh, we're coming up to its 20th anniversary, which I find kind of scary...
1: I know. It's like you were really, you know, in sync. Maybe your girl power was, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I do know the movie did recently do the, I think it did New Farm Cinemas. It's doing event cinemas, I think, in a couple of weeks or this week, doing the rounds as a sing-along screening. So um, I, I don't know. Maybe we're better off not experiencing this with um, people singing along. So I'm glad we were able to <laughs> to see it in the comfort of not screaming fans around. I don't know. might have made it made for a better experience i don't know
0: (laughs) fair enough well it was my first time so i think probably best to watch it watch it quietly at home and uh, see what happens from there so if anyone hasn't seen spice world the movie for its full title from 1997 i've got a little synopsis here world famous pop group the spice girls zip around london in their luxurious double-decker tour bus having various adventures and performing for their fans.
1: And if and people could be forgiven for thinking that's very slight, but I think, Trevor, we've probably looked at a lot of rock films, or I, I know we've seen a lot of, you know, over the years, and I think it pretty much fits them all quite well with that. <laughs> pretty much a day in the life of the Spice Girls, which most of these type of movies are pretty much set out to show. Yeah, yeah, but um,
0: I, I actually watched the Lady Gaga documentary on Netflix, and... It was like the day in the life of Lady Gaga. Very different uh, style, shall we say, being that it was actually a serious documentary rather, rather than something here, which I think harkens to the older, the old Beatles films, where they used to run around the city being chased by people.
1: Oh, definitely, and I, I know I've spoken about um, Hard Days Night on the Rufus project in the past, and you know one of my favourite films, you know the Beatles' first film. But I, it, it was hard not to make comparisons, let's just say. So excuse me if I do make comparisons throughout the, um, the course of this chat, but, um, yeah, it pretty much created the blueprint, I suppose, for these type of movies.
0: Well, I've, I've opened the door, Chris, and I've already made the comparison, so it's fair game from here. <laughs> but before we go on too much about uh, chatting about the movie, we'd just like to cover over a few bits and pieces about it first. First up, All the Spice Souls got nominated for the Favourite Actress category at the Blockbuster Entertainment Award and the Kids' Choice Awards, uh, back in 1997.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, I suppose Ooh. the kids would have had a big say in it, I think, being very much that it was a, a teen kid market they were very much <laughs> appealing
0: to. I think so. They all won the Worst Actress Awards at the Stinkers Bad Movie and Razzie Awards. Uh, it also got Razzies for Worst Picture, Worst Supporting Actor for Roger Moore, and Worst Screen Couple for any combination of two characters, body parts, or fashion accessories. <laughs>
1: you're now making me realise, well, gosh, was there ever a frame when there was just two arms or something? I'll, I'll have to re-watch. Uh, <laughs> but,
0: I think but, there were a few close-ups, yeah.
1: Uh, look, I, I don't know if I'm I'm stepping on toes and segueing here, but you mentioned Roger Moore, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, there's so many other people you could mention, but it pretty much became a, a who's who of British entertainment, this movie. Mm,
0: very much so, and, and I'm sure we'll be here covering over the... Uh, the numerous cameos <laughs> as we go through but first up we we do need to talk some turkey trivia so that's where we talk turkey about the movie and talk trivia it's all in the name um uh, that was meant to be a temporary name i never got around to changing it and now we're stuck with
1: it so it works i don't know if it works for the movies we redeem but hey it's it works as a category <laughs> yeah i think we've managed to redeem some turkey so whatever and, it's hey, all good. and hey before we redeem it it's a turkey so we out, re- there we go <laughs> You've justified it. Excellent.
0: (laughs) So uh, Spice World is rated three point four out of ten on IMDb. It had a budget of twenty five million. It ended up grossing about fifty six million worldwide. So uh, managed to scrape up there, um, probably just with the uh, international releases, I guess. I'm pretty sure it's considered an absolute bomb in the US.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting that it actually only got, as you said, about fifty six million. Because I thought it would have been a lot more, but. By the time we would have got it, or international, you know, international countries would have got it, I suppose, maybe Spice Girl Power was running out, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it helped their record sales, it could be a success that
0: way, but we don't know, we haven't looked, I haven't looked into that sort of things. <laughs> uh, but just with a bit of trivia, uh, this film is listed among the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made in the founder of the Golden Raspberry Award, John Wilson's
1: book, The Official Razzie Movie Guide. Um, (laughs) Well, I was going to say, oh gosh, I should do a screening, but it looks like someone else has beaten me to it. (laughs) Um,
0: And uh, if if you want to see it, on July 14th in 2014, 2014, I'll say that again, the original bus used in this movie was placed on permanent display at Island Harbour Mariner on the Isle of Wight in England.
1: I'll say some kind of homage to the film anyway. (laughs) But yeah, they're from like Lees and London, so I'm not too sure why it's on the Isle of Wight. Maybe it was the only
0: place it would take. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, we we mentioned it before, Sir Roger Moore. uh, We miss you, Roger. uh, He filmed his long cameo in one single day.
1: Oh, I can understand, because he really isn't in it much. He kind of, you know, sort of wanted him to come back a little bit more. But yeah, I can uh, a little bit more. <laughs> didn't excuse the pun. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I can see that would have been filmed in one day. But I do like the flip on the the, the traditional sort of Bond style that he had by being the, mm-hmm. the evil character. But we'll get, we'll get to that. We certainly
0: will get there. And interesting, his cameo was actually done on Richard E. Grant's day off. And Richard E. Grant came in to feed
1: him the lines so that his cameo would go easier. From what I've read about Richard E. Grant, he'd do a lot for a lot of people, I think. (laughs) Probably his reason for signing up to this movie as well. And and, and then um, Trevor, us being big Rocky Horror fans, it was great to see Richard O'Brien in the cast list as well. Yep,
0: he's a bit more than a cameo. He has an actual role in the movie, which I'm sure we shall uh, cover over. Uh, Now, Gary Oldman wanted to be in the movie because his sons were into the Spice Girls at the time. Uh, but unfortunately, due to scheduling, he couldn't make it.
1: Maybe they were just worried he was going to bring his kids on the set and it would cause a problem. I don't know. <laughs> but as you said, scheduling. Different. But it's like pretty much everybody else, you know, in British, you know, entertainment, pretty much made some kind of cameo. It feels like.
0: I think, I think so. If they, could, if they weren't in there, it's because they couldn't make it. Yeah. Um, I, I probably won't mention the Gary Glitter reference. He was a cameo until certain charges were laid against
1: him, and he was quickly dropped from the movie. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll get yeah. to we'll get to that bit. Let's just say awkward whenever yeah. I hear any of those songs. But yeah. Um, yeah, it, was will... even, it was even more awkward originally
0: because he was in there. Uh, anyway, oh, um, <laughs> Roger Ebert, uh, he he loves this movie so much. It's in, it's included on his most hated list.
1: Good old Roger, who wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Could he really say much? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Now, another cameo, Stephen Fry, he admitted in an episode of his show QI that he took a role in the film because it allowed him to get autographed posters of the Spice Girls for his nephews, which he claimed was like 10 Christmases for them. And one thing that disappointed me, which I'll wrap things up with, is that uh, when Bob Hoskins appears... They use his real voice in the trailer, uh, as opposed to being dubbed over by Jerry in the film.
1: Oh, see, I'll have to watch the trailer now for the comparison. But oh, yeah, that's a shame. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I like the bit in the trailer. I just went, oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll have to watch it. <laughs> okay,
0: and uh, and yeah, well, this is the redeeming features cast. So we need to see what we're working from, and with that in mind, we start off with a baseline review. This is from Amazon. And um, it encapsulates, I think, a lot of what people were saying um, about the movie. The title of this review is Hated It. My wife really, really wanted to see this. I guess she had a sudden and overwhelming urge to revisit her childhood. Anyway, as a grown man who was never into this type of music, I couldn't even make it past the first 15 minutes, and it felt like an epic struggle to last that long. One star.
1: (laughs) A disgruntled partner having to be taken to a screening by the sounds of it or made to watch it, so... Mm. Oh, God, Trevor, it, it can really go anyway from here. <laughs> yeah, a lot of reviews basically saying that they turned it off very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to hear from the die-hard Spice Girls fans, but that can be the other end of the chat. Oh, <laughs> uh, who knows, who knows?
0: We might have something covers that. Oh, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and Christian, I'm happy to say... It was good to see the time on this one being uh,
1: being just a, a spidgy under ninety minutes. Oh, I love it, and it's even like I think, yeah, I think my copy was uh, an hour thirty-two, and I was like, oh, great, because I know it will be bigger than longer than five minutes of credits. <laughs> uh, even though I know we have to watch to the end, but you yes, know what we I mean. yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, yes, thank you for that. I, I think um, I was going to say you redeemed yourself by, by picking this unusual choice, but no, I, I, you surprised me. You didn't. Um, you didn't let me down. <laughs> Uh, what
0: what what surprised me straight up was like the first thing you see across the tech across the the screen is presented by the Spice girls <laughs> <laughs> but oh, a, a, the... a very 70s style opening and I, just I went, know that's, I... that's actually kind of uh I was not expecting that at all I'm I'm impressed
1: well it pretty much uh, look, before we okay, I know I, I want to talk about the credits too but I, I must admit Trevor I'm so let down now when the the Columbia Pictures logo doesn't dance
0: oh <sighs> no I know the one. One of the very few good things about Thank God It's Friday.
1: <laughs> Gosh, you remember the name of the movie? Uh, I, I had to reach back. I had to. had to, uh, had to scratch off a few mental scabs. I'm uh, thank God. I'm thanking God it's over. But anyway, well, that's, that's for another podcast. Listen back, we're listeners. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, the, I, I loved straight away because as soon as you see, you know how you see a lot of movies that do the whole Bond homage. You know, credit wise. You know, mm. as soon as I saw that kind of style coming through, I thought, you know, this movie's going to be tongue-in-cheek Marge, in, a, in a way so yeah this is probably one of the first references <laughs> that come through
0: yeah absolutely uh, before it transforms into basically a, a spice girls music video sorry yeah yeah oh no it was weird what was really weird they were all dressed in white it, just pure white except for jerry who had her name on her dress <laughs> uh, that 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 was just like why why does she have a name on her dress why does she have her name on her dress? I don't understand.
1: But maybe it's, I'm trying to think of my, my timeline, but I have a feeling it might have been maybe around the time when she was leaving. Maybe maybe she's worried fans had forgotten who she was <laughs> by the time it was released. But, but one thing annoyed me the most was the fact that, uh, it, I don't know, it took ages for the song to get in. It was, playing the, it was playing the music over and over, and I'm like, oh, and the girls are just standing there, it's close-ups of all their faces and their names, and I'm like, should I be hearing singing? Ah, oh, and then it came in, but it yeah. might that's probably not really a gripe, <laughs> but, yeah, and, yeah. but that's one thing that I did notice actually. And a lot of the movies we've done in the past, they always get quite quick. But this one, you know, using a slow sort of song and uh yeah, it was very subdued way to start the movie. I thought rather than just bam. Yeah, and I think I think I kind
0: of did appreciate that because it it did show a bit of creativity because it would have been so easy just to just to fade in on them performing on a stage, you know. <laughs> so. So by mixing it up a bit, I think it kind of gives you a little bit of an idea that this yeah this movie doesn't take itself too seriously and uh, isn't isn't afraid to have a bit of fun with uh,
1: with the tropes. And yeah, and I, I, hey, I'm a bit of a bit of a fan of a segue from credits to concert. I thought that worked quite well. So, and of course, they've got a, the, the, I think too much the, the song that they were singing was probably their newest single at the time. So hey, they got to promote that. <laughs> oh, they do, they do <laughs> indeed. And um, another thing is, I was wondering.
0: Was was Elton John trying to pretend he was straight in this movie? Had he come out at this stage? Because oh,
1: no, I thought the exact same thing. Cause yeah. straight afterwards, it was kind of like, oh, like uh, this kind of we're supposed to think, oh, Elton, you're so lucky. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> After he's we're thinking you spoil five of them.
0: Yeah, we're <laughs> thinking, uh, yeah, Elton, we know that you're acting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, it doesn't take long before um, Alan. I was going to say Alan is Alan is arriving. Let's just say Alan Cumming is arriving, and um, as you know, doesn't take long to get into that, with him um, filming, I suppose, five days in the life of the Spice Girls as a, I suppose, a TV crew? I don't know if we really get into that.
0: Yeah, they're just kind of... It's kind of just this little side plot of of him battling to just get good footage of the Spice Girls,
1: and often failing in comic (laughs) misadventure ways. (laughs) But I think that's something that even... I mentioned earlier about being a homage movie, but I I think that's one thing it established quite early on, is that it, it, you know it showed what it was like to try and get an interview with the Spice Girls and try and get their autographs. These, these people were pretty popular at the height of their, um, you know, their fame. So it, it did little nods to that, and now we're very self-aware. But,
0: uh, I mean, so, so we had Alan Cumming making a documentary movie inside the Spice Girls movie, and then we have John Goodman, and, um, and I think it was the actual director of the movie who's with John Goodman in, oh. in those scenes. And they're talking about making a movie about the Spice Girls in the movie. So we've got a, a movie being made about a movie being made about a movie trying to be made about the Spice Girls.
1: <laughs> Is that right? Have I got that right? Yeah, pretty much I think. <laughs> Let's just say it's a movie within a movie in a movie. So, but, and the fact too that the whole way through the movie they're throwing out all these different plots, and you're going, "Hang on, some of those plots would have been much better." <laughs> but anyway, not that. Not well, that's it. We, we say the word plot, but um, yeah, it's it's very loosely thrown together. Well, these kind of movies always are. But um, it, it's so interesting. You mentioned that you know the sort of whole, not subplot, but sub. You know, there's a lot of sub characters, and they they establish that quite early on. That's a lot happening. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you never know if they're going to be just like a one-off or they're going to come back. Um, I mean, Alan Cumming, yeah, he kept coming back. I think he was featured quite highly in the credits anyway. But, you know, I thought John Goodman wouldn't have been in there all that much anymore. It's was just a couple of people going, you know, me over the Spice Girls. Uh, and then, um, who else? Barry Humphreys. I thought he was going to be a one-note joke, but we kept coming back to him. That was a mixed blessing.
1: <laughs> Maybe it was to do with how many days they were available to film. <laughs> it was the amount of scenes they were in.
0: Very, very true. But it, it didn't waste time for uh, for people to drop uh, to drop in jokes in their cameos. I mean, it, the first Roger Moore scene, he he drops the shaken not stirred <laughs> in, in amongst his rather uh, interesting <laughs> interesting dialogue that he has, making all the uh, all the comparisons. And what did he say? I
1: have no idea. <laughs> Because I was trying to remember, it's easy for me to go Doctor Evil, but is it Blofeld? What's the who is the who's the the villain with the cat from the Bond yeah, films? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, it, it, it's it's Blofeld. Okay, um, yeah. Well, I did mention a bit earlier. I did like how they kind of switched it up a bit and having him playing the villain. Like I thought that was a, a kind of clever nod, but um, yeah. <laughs> but as you said, very obvious references just thrown in there. Yeah, yeah. But I think
0: later you have Meatloaf um, refusing to clean some blocked toilets because he won't do that. He'll do anything, but he won't do that.
1: Oh, you realise now? I'm can trying can, to can think you of crowbar the... these in anymore? <laughs> I'm really... You know, I'm. I'm now g- going through the vault in my brain, trying to think of sung references of meatloaf that I can tie in. But nah, it's not working. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So so very early on, it and pretty much the whole way through, it's it's definitely um yeah very self aware and um very tongue in cheek. So but um one thing that I've noticed and again early on was them um, um was looking for sort of um, hiding out in their bus i suppose as they go from place to place you know very very beetles and hard days night-esque where you've got them trying to escape from one mode of transport to the other without being mobbed by all these fans but the bus seem to signify kind of their only time to sort of chill out and our time to get to know the I was going to say four girls sorry the five girls sort of you know get to know their characters quite early on
0: I did like that bus. You know, the inside of the bus was obviously a studio. Yeah. And was it really the yeah. inside of the bus? Because, uh, I mean, if they hadn't made, like, a, a Doctor Who TARDIS reference, that would have, I think, would have worked <laughs> better. <laughs> because, yeah, the inside of that bus was just enormous. It oh, was, was like... like a whole... It was like a, a, a wide balcony <laughs> and, like, an antechamber into the room where they hung out. And you're going, that's not inside that bus. There's just... Yeah. There's nothing you can say or do, even in this movie, which... Doesn't waste much time. I, th- I think I-, I thought they introduced the um, the pregnant friend wholly and solely so that they could have that that flash forward gag of them all being mothers. Oh, um, I- <laughs> you know. But then she turned out to be part of the actual
1: real plot, if you want to call you it. You can that. really call it that, or a bit of a bit of plot shoved on at the end just to round things up. But yeah, I always like I have seen this movie a couple of times in the past, but I always felt the pregnant friend just. Stuck. I was going to say stuck out. Excuse the pun again. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. It just felt like yeah, it was a real sort of thrown in there and it was sort of not really ne- necessary. But you know, we'll, we will get to that. But um, yeah. one one note I did make is I, I I had images of all of them, say the Spice Girls and and um, the, the managers and all sitting around and brainstorming every possible cliche they could think of to include in this movie, and most of them sound <laughs> seemed like they made the cut. Uh, uh, the, so what? What I wish didn't make it the cut because it was
0: quite. It was quite weird, hearing the Spice Girls go on about how bad Trevor was. <laughs> I, I can't. Remember. Who is Trevor again? <laughs> Trevor was the ex boyfriend of the oh, pregnant girl.
1: Oh, I thought he. Was, oh, sorry, I didn't. It was just like, oh, sorry, I didn't. I can understand how it would have would have hit a bad note for you Trevor. I'm sorry. I mean, sorry. Oh, now I don't want to say your name. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I did nothing.
0: You, you hear that? You hear that name so rarely in movies that every time it turns up, I just like go, what? what, what, how, what's going on? This is wrong. I don't understand this. I'm confused. <laughs> and now the Spice Girls are angry at me. What do <laughs> no, I do? What did I do? <laughs>
1: Oh, no. So, yeah, so we've got the pregnant girl who's been knocked up by another Trevor. <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> and, and run out. But that's the thing, and actually, just sort of the penny just dropped. This movie being, you know, very much in Spice Girls and girl power, you know, it's also very much, you know, how the girls are like, we, you don't need him, all that sort of stuff. I, I just realised it's very, it, I suppose this was seen as also very empowering as well, so I'm wondering if that was a reason why they had the... Actually, it doesn't look very good. But having the boyfriend walk out on this girl, and she's like, "I can do it alone." I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. or well, she can do it alone with the help from the Spice Girls, <laughs> <Yeah>. apparently, <laughs> who who have to sit by the, her side at every minute of the hospital, even if she's not <laughs> yeah, in in labour yet. But um, yeah. but I did. Um, I do like in these type of films. I like, calling it a rock movie kind of makes me shudder a little bit. But just regarded as a you know a rock and roll film. And, um, you know, I do like scenes when they, you know, like when they're rehearsing at the at, you know, the Albert Hall and things like that. I like scenes like that when you kind of get a bit of a glimpse and you finally get a musical number because it felt like a, a, a few times there you're going, i oh, don't put a song in, it's been a while.
0: Yeah, uh, that, that really was like I found through the first part of the movie. It was usually pretty forced and pretty dumb set up for, for skits. Um, and they're, they're doing skits based on their, their characters, uh, I think there's the one where, where they say that Baby Spice can get away with anything, and they cut to like an Agatha Crispy-style reveal about, about announcing who the, who the uh, murderer was, who had shot and stabbed this person, and it finally cuts down to, to Baby Spice, and she's got like a machine gun over her shoulder, an ammo belt, and Belton, a, uh, <laughs> a, a knife at her hip, and she just gives like this little smile, and the the, um, the detective immediately turns around and blames the vicar. It's like, <laughs> just going, okay, yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. The setup was, yeah, but okay, I can I can yeah. that.
1: See, I appreciate these little, uh, you mentioned the word flashbacks before, but it's got, yeah, flash forwards, and it's got pretty much that, you know, going through the whole way. But, yeah, I don't like a long setup when you kind of know where the gag's going. Like, I felt that one in particular, like, uh, but it might have been because I've seen it before and, um, you know, but as you said, like you mentioned before, the one where they flash forward to um, them having kids and being sort of over it. But, I, you know, I appreciate little j- little jabs that, like, the, pe- the kids upstairs are being really rackety playing one of their latest songs. She's <laughs> bashing the floor with the broom. I'll still turn that racket off. I like when <laughs> yeah. they do things like that. But but then they turned around and there was one part, this is stomping forward quite a while, is when they go to the nightclub. This is before the girls. the girls girl ends up leaving the pregnant girl anyway when they go to the nightclub and um they a song starts and they go oh my god i love this song i'm gonna go and dance to it and it works out it's like one of their songs (laughs) that felt a bit forced like a bit yeah guys you don't have to tell us you love your own stuff
0: yeah yeah i uh, I, i've just realized there's no point trying to talk about this in any sort of cohesive order yeah sorry about that i I was sort of going with the flow (laughs) the the movie goes all over the place there is no cohesive order at at least for, for a while oh, oh, there's so much to talk I'd about. Just trying to think yeah. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm trying
0: to think if I do want to talk about Barry Humphreys and his role as Australian media Baron who wants to get uh, get well we, we really do have to talk about Barry Humphreys about uh, being Australian media Baron who wants to get dirt on the Spice Girls and wants to get some juicy stories. Uh, because he's our he's a segue to Richard O'Brien.
1: Oh, I guess So yeah. we
0: we better talk about him <laughs> again. Like like I said, I, I, first I thought he was just going to be a one-off because I had that bizarre scene where he's just getting more and more gross and disgusting as he gets more and more angry, and then he gets so angry it starts raining in his office, <laughs> and the guys just the other guy he's, he's shouting at he's just sitting there saying, "I wish you wouldn't get so upset, sir," <laughs> and he, I, I, that was just like, okay, well I don't. I don't know if they were implying he was bitting so
1: much that he made it rain in the office. But... Oh, he oh, was just so angry. It? Oh, I don't know what it was going... And considering... Uh, You know, that that also just made me realise, considering the type of characters or the type type of actors that were in this movie, considering teenage girls, you know, would have probably been the main audience. It seems quite weird to have someone like Barry Humphreys or... or You know, it's not necessarily a who's who for that sort of age group, but I don't know, you know, I I respect Barry Humphreys, you know, as an actor, but, you know, there are are a lot of characters that I find very dislikable about him, Mm. and, and as you said, I think... You know, as you said, you thought he was going to be this character for one scene, but I must admit I kind of hoped he was going to be in it just for one scene. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I, I could have done without going back to him. And and, and when when he finally uh, employs Richard O'Brien and starts getting dirt, and there's this very, very long drawn-out scene of of him working his mouth into something that vaguely remember, that resembles a smile, and just going, just get on with it, right. another joke you've made. You're making the joke, just finish, Oh, It's still going. Why is that joke still going? <laughs> they're Stop like, it? we've
1: got we've got an hour twenty six of a movie. We've got to make it longer. <laughs> well, actually, no. It would have been shorter at the time, probably. <laughs> we, if you took out, you have to do the Barry Humphreys editor it be fifty minutes. <laughs> I, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was to so, say, like, but I, oh, you know, another little comment. I think it was when um, oh yeah, Alan Cumming's up there with his you know trusty photographer again. All these cliches that have been done to death, but you know, they're you know. They know about that, um, yeah. But it's like it's like oh, which one's which one's um, whatever. Oh, the one that looks posh, you know. Just so they're always saying little, you know, things like that. But the, the um, script is very much held together by one liners, really. Yeah, very. I didn't. I
0: didn't quite like the bit where um, where they're going. They they're making fun of the, of the photo shoot they're at, and they're just basically saying what they have to go through and how dull it is. And then they go, it's our fun time. And then we get the whole fashion shoot montage where they <laughs> oh. dress up as other celebrities. And, oh, look, there's a reference to Greece. <laughs> and there's an Audrey Hepburn. And there's there's well, this and oh, that.
1: The, there was probably the pretty woman snapping of the ring box. I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, so. I, I, <laughs>
0: I, think that one, I think they missed out on that one. They're probably <laughs> the only one they did miss. There was definitely a Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe in there Um, because i I think
1: because i think a few podcasts ago we watched the probably earlier in the year but the sweetest thing and they did exactly the same thing it just seems to be the go-to thing for a lot of movies
0: yeah i did kind of enjoy towards the end though when they dressed up as each other and started acting like each other i thought that was like a a really good sign of the fact that they were they were happy to make fun of themselves
1: yeah and i I really appreciate it and it it was funny too because it made you actually realize gosh, i couldn't see this (laughs) Oh, God, you don't want her to play that. Like, I think it was one of them. I think it might have been Posh, you know, the, the tallest of the group dresses Baby Spies. That was just weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, girls, get out of that. But I do, yeah, I appreciated how they said stuff like, oh, how can you wear this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And at, at, at the end, after they'd they made fun of each other, it was like,
0: oh, I've got to get out of these shoes. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, so I think they were very much aware of their phenomenon status anyway. So And, um, you know, it, and another scene, like I mentioned, you know, Hard Day's Night earlier, but so many scenes were sort of almost taken out of that, like with having having have the press conference and you've got um, Jennifer Saunders turning up <laughs> almost. Because I, I, I'd been talking earlier about um, Manta Ray, as in the... Um, what's going to say? fish or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then um, she says to Jennifer Saunders about, oh, what do you think of Manorange? She goes, oh, how, I, what's his line like? You know, that whole typical sucking up to a celebrity just to try to get in. So I, I kind of appreciated those sort of jabs as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going Jennifer Saunders in
0: there, and uh, I, I believe both Hugh Laurie and, and Stephen Fry. I'm trying to remember Hugh Laurie's cameo. I just can't off the top of don't my head. Either. <laughs>
1: no. so, it I either No. He was in know. there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, look, that's the thing. The Beatles references come thick and fast, and I do apologise. But another one that I thought was um, was quite funny. We all, you know, we've all made that joke, you know, it's the Pope Catholic, you know, things like that. <laughs> and had uh, Jerry's, you know, just comes out with that in a conversation, and the next thing it's headlines that they're questioning whether the Pope's actually Catholic. Very similar to when John Lennon came out and said they were bigger than um, Jesus at the time in the late '60s. So yeah, it's interesting these little jabs and, and these little references here and there. So
0: yeah yeah absolutely and and then that was i'm thinking but that was actually one of the most believable things about the movie just how how media can take one line out of context and turn it into a big story oh by the way you, Laurie played Poirot in that Agatha Christie style
1: skit there we go that was was gonna bug me if I didn't look that up I can see it now, sort of the flashbacks in my mind. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. <laughs> but look, another thing, like, and, and that's the thing, you know. At the time when this movie was being made, I look, I, I have, um, I have seen interviews saying that they were at the point of doing a big tour at the time. So you know, they were pretty much only making this movie in between rehearsing for their tour. So it was quite an intense time. So I um, was going to say, but it really, you know, showed their superstardom. You know, and the, probably the scene to me that sort of typifies that would be when the aliens come down from (laughs) (laughs) i think they're on their way somewhere it was excruciating but you're just like going yes you're really making obvious the point of the fact that the the spice girls are pretty you know are bigger than the entire world and the entire universe
0: yeah but that was when they all had to get off the bus to go to the toilet because all five toilets this is a normal size double decker bus by the way that had a massive balcony and antechamber, a room for all five of them, and five separate toilets uh, all got blocked, hence the meatloaf, I won't do that line, and uh, of course when they go into the woods, an alien ship comes down, because that was
1: obvious. And of course, they what do they say? Oh, we want to go to your Royal Albert Hall gig. <laughs> it's all sold out. Yep. Um, what does it say? And there was one line that actually made me chuckle. Sorry, the lines. Oh, Dan, you should have booked you to the friend. You should have booked tickets. <laughs> that was funny. I appreciated that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. As for the rest of it, there's like, we got the joke. Yeah, exactly. Or, okay, they can yeah. suddenly understand. They they couldn't understand the aliens, but now they can understand the aliens. Just suddenly. And no, it's I like just having conversation with
1: them. We we get the idea that your alien names are ka 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 but you don't have to like do it the gag three times. Yeah, in reference to it, but anyway, so yeah. But um, okay. but yeah, definitely, um, definitely showing how big the Spice Girls were at the time. Even aliens were fans. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Because <laughs> I think that was when they were on the way to the boot camp. Wasn't
1: it? I can't remember. They're on uh, their way somewhere in the bus. <laughs> yeah. Every time they were on either the boot camp. I just kept thinking they were trying to get to that concert, but then <laughs> that was in the second half.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, like five days for the Abbott Hall concert and they keep having these comic misadventures like going to a a dancing boot camp with a really over the top instructor. I actually heard I think that I actually heard they originally wanted John Cleese to play the dancing instructor. Oh, I
1: could see it, actually. He probably would have done a better job if we yes, made he, it a he bit
0: more done a, convincing. He would have done a much better job because the guy they got, as annoying as all hell, but I did like when they, they head out into the boot camp and they're all in their camo, except for Posh, who's in like a little camouflage dress.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> just walks past all the obstacles. Yeah, <laughs> walks past the
0: obstacles because you can't go through them in a hiking Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> I think, okay, that was funny. That, that was good, that was a nice little touch.
1: And they had to have their, you know, and they were singing their girl power chant, yeah, yeah, they had to have, you know, they had to have their time. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: the, the full-on <laughs> the, the full army style um, training song. Or Private
1: Benjamin times five, I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, I'm
1: like, oh gosh, where do I go from there? It's all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I don't know if this is before or after, but um, we... Uh, we were going to mention. It. We won't mention the song at the moment, but I was going to say when they were going to do that routine and, and they bring in, bring in the shirtless sailor dances, and they're like, "Oh, let's compromise." The next thing they're in arse, arseless chaps, and I'm like, "I'm sure the teenage girls were going to the people out there in the audience." Yes, yes. That that where they were singing, uh, "I'm the leader of the gang,"
0: um, without the Gary Glitter cameo that was cut. rather suddenly when that happened, and that's enough of that. Yes. Uh, but I, I did like, after the, um, after the training montage, when they're all asleep in the manor house and, and we get to see Richard groan uh, in full action as he crawls out of a toilet. I,
1: I wonder if he, I'm, I'm sure before or after, his, this never happened in his career. Well, I was thinking to myself, you mentioned the Razzies earlier, and I'm like, you know, the worst actor to ever emerge from a bowl of fruit or a, or a fruit <laughs> platter or something like that, because, yeah, he'd turn up to some, some very odd spots.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I actually didn't mind Richard O'Brien. I think he played the role quite well. He was definitely enjoying the character. There was no, no doubt about
1: that. Oh, he definitely plays the villain well. At least they kept the villain doing something exciting rather than just creeping in the background, looking around corners. He's literally there. Like, I think yeah, there's even one shot. Yeah, whether he's under the bed and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he gets the, uh,
0: the scoop about them having a bit of uh, a bit of stage fright, worrying about if they're going to be able to sing at the Albert
1: Hall. Uh, More just to flesh the plot out yeah. even longer. You know you, that's the thing, it's inevitable, you know the you know the concert's gonna happen. We've seen these movies before. <laughs> or will it?
0: <laughs> yes, oh, yes. Well of, of course they, they they do have to have their uh, their conflict in a serious moment. They're meant to be rehearsing or whatever and they have a fight with Richard E. Grant and everyone goes off and you have shots of them sitting sadly in corners of random rooms as they All have a flashback to the first time they sang wannabe to the shopkeep in their local
1: coffee shop. Was that who it was? I don't know. Yeah, you got the feeling that they were, yeah, just good friends, and I assume that's because the pregnant lady was there, but I was was a younger, so I don't know if she was the daughter of them, and that's that. I don't know. That's probably even deeper than what they were even thinking. But, But it was. But it was interesting, Trevor, because you know, "Wannabe" being quite this mainstream, very poppy song, it seemed like a bit of bit more of a demo slash rootsy version of the song. Which um, you know, I don't know if that was trying to give that feel of being the origins of the song. Yeah,
0: I mean, I thought, I thought it was like a nice little like low-fi version. They just you know had a had a tape deck playing the backing track and were dancing around this little restaurant to to their uh, their mentor or whatever who turned out it was a big jazz band because he said they needed. More, he said it was good, but they needed more jazz. <laughs> and then, and surprised
1: they didn't take it on. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no. But, um, but yeah, no, oh, these little moments are good, and you know, and some, um, yeah, but again, you've got these flashbacks and, 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 and as you said, they were all having sort of the same flashback. I mainly remember Baby Spice brushing her teeth and remembering, but I think they all pretty much had it. So.
0: Yeah, they all had it, and then they all turn up at the actual place, and it's, it's all closed up. But covered with posters of them at the Royal, them being at the Royal
1: Albert Hall, and I'm assuming the sold out signs might have made them go, mm, "We probably should do this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, that that whole,
0: the way that scene just kept on dragging is like, there was no, there was no little, I mean, they had the, the wannabe flashback, but there was no like little funny bits. It was all just so serious, <laughs> and I'm just going, "Hang on, this isn't the movie I was watching five minutes ago." <laughs>
1: And as I said, being it being so predictable where, yeah, you know that the finale is going to be them eventually doing the concert, yeah, these sort of lulls are just sort of very much like, okay, get on with it. <laughs> mm. We kind of know where it's going, but it almost didn't need the conflict. It had so much going on in it anyway. But I suppose, you know, screenplay writing 101 probably says you need a conflict. You need a drama. You look like the
0: heroes aren't going to get their, get their goal. I mean, that, it dragged on so long, it was getting so bad, it took Stephen Fry... They, they needed Stephen Fry to save it. <laughs> <laughs> when he turned up as, as a judge, uh, like a few years down the track, sentencing them because their last album debuted at 130 <laughs> and would drop out of the charts altogether next week.
1: <laughs> I and, had a chuckle with that. I, yeah. I do like, again, these little digs that sort of... Yeah, things that might inevitably be happening very soon to these girls, chart-wise. <laughs> yeah,
0: <indeed>. <laughs> I sentence you to the... Taiwan Chateau Circuit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no! So, oh god! Yeah, I don't know what what really happens, spice girls wise after this movie, but I think we are kind of at the peak <laughs> or at yeah. oh, the decline. I don't know. But um, I was going to say about the um, I can't remember. <laughs> so so much happening in this movie, mm. but um, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is um, you've got the little bits where we mentioned earlier about the guys that are trying to make a movie and pitching all these different ideas, and I liked when they kind of you know they had of I'm oh, talk about the, the Bob Hoskins cameo, but, um, you know, the bits where they're kind of like Super Spies very much a Mission Impossible kind of... Uh, Spice um, Force 5. Yeah, that was it, you know, and, like, those little things. But I'm just glad, because we see that in the second half of the movie when they're trying to flesh it out and they're trying to pretty much get to the concert. But they start to then throw all these different plots out about what could possibly happen, and we see it acted out on screen. I'm just, I'm just glad the whole movie didn't have that feel. Oh, I was really actually happy with that. Yeah, yeah, but mind you, this is also after they decided to take a
0: pregnant girl who was a week overdue to a nightclub.
1: <laughs> and her, but her mentality is, oh, I've got to have one last hurrah before the baby comes. You're like, love, it could be coming any second. Of course
0: it was going to come at the nightclub. Of course it was. <laughs> of course she was going to go in labour at the nightclub the night before the All concert... And they're all going to be loyal to her instead of being loyal to poor old Richard E. Grant, their stage manager, and sit by her until the baby comes just before they're due to get to the Albert Hall. Of course. It's just, it's just like so, <laughs> and yes. it just dragged on. i think thinking, just get on with it. we got the point.
1: Got <laughs> we had the the sort the point. Of like- quite a punchy sort of opening or first half, but not punchy, but very much yeah, so much happening in so many subplots it just felt like, you know, the moment they sort of wanted to settle on some plot, was one subplot, you're kind of like, oh, it probably wasn't the interesting one. Yeah,
0: yeah, probably should have just kept with um, awkward setups for random skits. Yeah, actually,
1: now the more I think about it, maybe I do want, like, I, you know, I, I said before about how I was appreciated, you know, that they, when they threw these plot ideas out the you know, um, things like them on a bus with a bomb and things like that, but um, I must admit in the second half he kind of did actually crave for things like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that, that whole sequence, yeah, when, when the, they were coming up with ideas and it was happening. The spice, are, the spice Girls are on top of the bus! Why? It's the rules! Captain Spice Girls on top of the bus, hamming it up, pretending that they're on top of the bus. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> and then, of course, oh, the shot where they all hit the speed bump. Or, oh, that's right—they run into a car full of nuns, of course. Of course. <laughs> and um, they all come flying down in, fr- in from the um, skylight or whatever it's called. <laughs> and it's just so so fake-looking. It's hilarious. But um, <laughs> but um, we then, I, I have to mention this only because it ties in. But um, and then of course the, the very last line of the movie has to be: What happened to the bomb on the bus? Explode. you know you're like I got girls I don't think it was happening it was just between those guys at that meeting (laughs) but hey it makes sense you know things don't make sense in this movie you just go (laughs) like
0: yeah yeah like when they decided to uh, simulate the bus jumping over the drawbridge with I don't know was it animated was it just a toy bus going up a toy bridge I I think
1: it was I think it was a toy one actually yeah (laughs) yeah, you're like oh okay (laughs)
0: It's just like, you've, you've just taken the tackiness of this movie to a whole new level of tacky because that stuck out so much like a
1: sore thumb. And I must have... Like, when you said 25 million to make, whoa, this, these movies... This, a movie like this should have been able to be churned out quite easily. It was probably to pay all the cameos. I think, I think it was. <laughs> I mean, there's, considering the the names they have in here,
0: it's just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, because well, the whole thing is, yeah, they're they're going through the plot points of this movie, and... And they go, and then they're going to go through, turn up through the door, right there! And nobody comes through the door! Who would have thought that they're actually stuck outside because they've been pulled over by the police (laughs) for reckless driving? Uh, (laughs) really? Uh,
1: We've got to flesh this movie out, it's got to be an hour and a half. That's what they're thinking.
0: Oh no, we'll, we'll will baby Spice be able to smile her way cutely out of this? We're going to make it look like she's not going to be able to, but of course she is.
1: Oh, it's always (laughs) the, as you said, it's always the manager sitting back, you know, almost drunk, going, oh, my life's over, and they burst in. Oh, what are you guys sitting around for? We've got a show to do. (laughs) Haven't seen that before at all. And, of course, unleash the newest single, um, Spice Up Your Life. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I do, you know, as, as I've been talking, one thing I do notice is, yeah, a real lack of that sort of them performing on stage, and they sort of, yeah, th- there was not as many songs as you were, you were thinking, actually. <laughs> so it's probably good they ended that way, anyway. Yeah,
0: because we had a few of the songs just as, like, like well, they had the nightclub where they were dancing to their own songs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, really, at the end of the day, for for the Spice, World, Spice Girls movie, there was not that much actual singing involved and and like i mean i was never a big spice girl fan but you know they were kind of fun so when when those songs were on and when they were actually performing as the spice girls it was kind of fun mm. and so it was a nice fun ending at least until the fourth war breaking behind the scenes let's have a little laugh with everyone <laughs> sequence that Kept on going. And
1: yeah, that's the thing. Anything like that with a nod to the audience just seemed to happen early on and just continue the whole way through. So, you know, if you're not into that kind of thing, it was. <laughs> it, yeah, it would have lost you quite early on.
0: But if you want Victoria commenting on how nice your dress is, then oh. that
1: happens. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I always laugh at little things like that when they put in the things that are obviously added as though they were in a cinema because I was thinking I could just imagine two old people happening to be at a session on their own (laughs) and it's got her going, you in the dress in the back row, (laughs) there's no one here
0: I think there was also a mention of, oh, what if they're watching it on DVD or something?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I'll go, haven't you got anything better to do? And I was thinking, I, I felt like, I think I yelled back at the screen. I, we've got a podcast. <laughs> yeah, watch am because I have to. <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. And they're like, oh,
0: Trevor. Oh, oh no. Oh, i angry at me again. Don't make the Spice Girls angry at me, Christian. Don't let that happen. I mean, as that faded out, and like I said, we've got to sit to the very, very end. I did like how the final song over the closing credits, which was almost I suppose like the theme song for the movie, where they also like mention every woman they dressed up as during the fashion montage, I believe, was a jazzy song. And I thought, oh, that's a nice little nod
1: to their little flashback from earlier. Yeah, that's sort of, kind of impressive. And a bit of a nod to sort of, don't like, you know, MGM musicals and all that sort of stuff of yesteryear. And, um, yeah, and, like, you know, we were saying about the songs before, and, you know, that that being one of the songs of the newer album that came come out for this movie, which was essentially the soundtrack for this album. So, yeah, it was clever them putting that there as one final push, but not having it as some... They could have put wannabe, but, you know, I just think it worked. Yeah, having something a bit more subtle
0: yeah i think it almost would have worked better because i think it was even a lyric basically introducing you to the movie so it, it may have meant to have been over that that 70s style opening originally because it just felt a bit weird at the end of the movie just with, with the lyrics i'm thinking okay they're singing to people about what they're up about to watch yeah. and it's a very last song over the closing credits
1: yeah, that yeah. was
0: probably not the original plan. I
1: uh, know. Yeah, I got that vibe too. So, but hey, things
0: happen in editing.
1: So,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. wow, I think that's got
1: us <laughs> to the end of the movie, Chris. That, w- that felt like a world. I-, I felt like we were doing that on a, bu- a double decker bus. So. <laughs> <laughs> double decker bus a <laughs> on, on top of
0: the double decker bus, screaming down on a car full of nuns. That's, that's what it felt
1: <laughs> like. <laughs> and we're not talking about some Blues Brothers reference. <laughs> no, this is no. Spice World. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: so. That means it's that time, Christian, where we've got to work out whether or not Spice World is redeemable. Now, I did choose this, so uh, after you, my friend.
1: Oh, gosh, and this is one of those ones where it's so up in the air, and and I must admit, I do, once we chat, I kind of get a bit of an idea of things, and and I shouldn't let anything sway me too much. Like, this is, as I said, a who's who of British British entertainment, and it's, it's so hard to... To probably diss it twenty years later, but um, for nineteen ninety seven, at the height of um, Spice Girls' girl power, I think this would have been you know quite a quite a big deal. I do remember it coming out. I didn't saw it at the time, but um, big question is whether I find it redeemable or not. Look, I think it works for what it is, definitely, and um, and I think sort of the core audience going to this, it's not going to be a, 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 girl, a husband and wife going for a date night it's going to be teenage girls or a younger audience or, or the spot, or a girls' night out. So if it's going to go for that sort of um, audience, I definitely think it works in that respect. Unfortunately, a lot of the references to older actors and, and older references probably would have been lost on a lot of people, but that was probably their way of trying to try and include the mums and dads as well. So the tricky one, uh, I don't really know what to do. It's so thrown together, but actually, yeah, the more I talk about it, I'm going to say it's not redeemable.
0: Oh, dear. You're going to make yeah. my skills angry. You, Christian. I
1: know. My name's not Trevor, but I... Yeah, I <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm going to have to say it's not redeemable. It's two thrown together. alrighty yo. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I remember getting to the end of this movie and just sitting there skimming through my was thinking about what I just watched, and it's like, do I really have that many thoughts on this movie? I don't know. And, and I mean, just, just sort of working through my thought process, you know, it started out as a slightly forced setup of dumb but mostly fun scenes. There were there were cameos galore. Some were great, while others were so forced in there. It was awkward. But then when, when things suddenly got serious, the movie just ground to a halt for a while until Stephen Fry came along to save it as the stern judge. I did like Roger Moore's cameos, particularly his ever-changing assortment of animals. I didn't actually mention that in, in the general chat, but he starts with a cat, and then later on he has a rabbit. And by the end of it, he's feeding a piglet a milk bottle. (laughs) And you're going, that's cute. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And and yeah, like I said, that jazz jazz bit in the end credits was just really a a nice touch. I think that really made what seemed a long, drawn-out, almost irrelevant scene a bit more poignant. I mean, it's at its best when the Spice Girls were performing as the Spice Girls with lots of energy. The jokes varied widely. Um, But I, I will happily say I did get some good laughs in there. But get, have this movie get serious, though, was a serious, serious mistake. I can say quite quite clearly. Look, I'm not going to rush back to this in, in any circumstances, and I am also very much on that on that edge. It's it's just one of those movies where you just go. Eh, and at, at the end of the day, it it was just fun enough for me. Plus, I don't want the Spice Girls angry at me anymore, so it's redeemable. <laughs>
1: Well, well, because I was very much on that line but I chose the other end Oh so. <laughs> my goodness,
0: do you know this means there's a musical movie, Christian that we're both on the line about that I redeemed and you didn't, has yeah, that I ever know. happened before?
1: I I'm scared know. <laughs> I know, I might just have to find a better musical along the line <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, there we go a split
0: decision on Spice World which will lead us in nicely to some other opinions we've got from people off Facebook. We did put the call out on our Facebook page for comments about Spice World, and, uh, and what people thought. Uh, Susie, <laughs> who likes to have her say, her comment was, and I quote, Oh dear gods, um. And, uh, and Sim let us know that uh, she loves the movie for two reasons. One, the whole thing is the girls taking the piss of themselves, which always makes me appreciate actors, singers, etc. And two, Alan Cumming, enough said so there you go even though extra opinions
1: are split oh my gosh but I think yeah Alan Cummings seems to be the saving grace with a lot of the movies we've been doing indeed looking at you
0: (laughs) Josie. anyway there we go so we've got a split decision our extra comments have got a split decision so we need to find out if this movie does have its fans and of course it does This is the redeeming features car, so regardless of what we think, we do like to finish on a nice redeeming note. So I went back to Amazon and checked out the other end of the reviews. The name of this one is, If you have some time, spice up your life with this one. It's a great way to spice up your day. The gals are adorable. The movie has no real plot. It's more like a series of fun adventures strung together with music and beautiful girls thrown in the mix but the results are one heck of an entertaining movie. I love the girl empowerment message and the comedy bits that pepper this movie. You have to listen close sometimes for little inside jokes and that also makes it fun. All in all, if you have time to kill and want a simple, non-absorbing musical, this is your movie five stars.
1: Wow, he's definitely a fan. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Oh, he, I don't know. I didn't copy the name. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he or she is a fan. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> I think when I said, oh, the girls are just so cute, but I, hey, it could be. Anything. <laughs> indeed, it could be. Okay, so that, Christian, we, we we have a split decision. We haven't had one of those for a while. I know. Interesting, I, almost, yeah.
1: I almost feel kind of bad, but as we said, I'd feel worse if my name was Trevor. So I think he we went the right the right way, <laughs> keeping, yeah. the, um, keeping the girls on side.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to risk it. I can't risk it, Christian. So, uh, we, I guess we need to find out a very important thing, Christian. What are we looking at next time?
1: Well, 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 God. I, you know, the whole time we've been chatting, I've, I've been changing my answers and scribbling out other things. This is ideas for the next movie, because um, we'd, I'd actually come up with a couple of musicals inadvertently, and I'm like, no, you know, don't worry, I'm not going to do it. We're going to break it up. <laughs> So um, I thought I'd look at a movie um, that's um, celebrating its 40th anniversary next year. It's actually quite a rare movie, and um, I've screened it a couple of times before. And um, it's probably in a genre of movies that we probably really haven't touched on very much. It's the... The rip-off movie, let's just say. You know, in the wake of everything big, you know, Jaws had a lot of rip-off movies. Star Wars had a lot. You know, E.T., we've looked at Mac and Me, for example. Mm-hmm. So um, I've decided we're going to go back and look at a movie that I haven't seen much or haven't seen for a while, but pretty much was released only a few months after Star Wars. It stars David Hasselhoff. He is only in it for about half an hour, I think. <laughs> um, a playgirl model, um, Christopher Plummer of Sound of Music fame and a few other other performers, and it's called Star Crash. It's it's pretty much referred to as the Italian um, Star Wars. And, um, yeah, apparently even uses shots from the original movie illegally. So, now this movie has been remastered recently, and um, it's a Roger Corman production as well, of course. So, um, yeah, I think it's time we look back and see if this is a worthy part of um, sci-fi pop culture. There you go.
0: I have heard of this movie, and I have heard that it is... Amazing to watch, if uh, not necessarily for the correct reasons. So, so it was Star Crash, was it?
1: It's yes, 1978. So 1978. Now, you, now you yep. being more of a Star Wars fan than me, i.e. I don't know anything about Star Wars, I, I'm looking forward to hearing your side of the story about this one. Yeah, oh, I mean, I'm certain
0: it's going to have some very interesting trivia and uh, it's safe to say that if anybody wants to watch this before our next podcast, you're on your own, guys. There is uh, nothing listed on any of the Australian streaming services. Uh, of course, if you're overseas, you may have better luck, uh, but yeah, I'm going to obviously have fun trying to like get a copy of this, so uh, fingers crossed, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I have heard about it, I have seen snippets of it, including uh, a number of scenes that were obviously taken straight from Star Wars, so yes, you have you've, you've piqued my curiosity, and uh, my curiosity was already there with this movie, so next time... Star Crash from 1978. Looking forward to
1: it. Hey Trevor, I would never have picked you to pick the Spice Girls movie and I would never have thought I'd pick a sci-fi movie. So there we go. (laughs) And I think from from memory it's just under an hour and a half or just over. So uh, points for me
0: as well. (laughs) There we
1: go. A nice short movie, which can be a good thing at times.
0: (laughs) And of course, if you have any comments on uh, what we've discussed? Do you think we were too harsh on Spy's Do you think we were too generous? Do you have any comments at all about Star Crash from 1978? Let us know. You can find the Rufus Project very easily on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can head to our homepage rufusproject.com and leave a comment below this very episode or you can even send us an email to podcast at rufusproject.com we would love to hear from you definitely and uh, if you're after more fun things that may or may not be more enjoyable than spice world and star crash Christian, I understand that you may just know about a few things coming up that people might enjoy.
1: Definitely. I've always got lots of cult movie night and retro parties coming up. We've got a 50s and 60s party, for example, on the 7th of October. Sorry, i am thinking of this at the top of my head. Um, we've also got a whole collection of 80s movies like Goonies, Beetlejuice, Princess Bride, Dirty Dancing, With Nail and Isle up for the um, 30th anniversary, which will be good to bring back to the big screen again. I will not encourage drinking games for that one, unfortunately. <laughs> um, there's just so much to mention, and we've got programming going right up until the end of uh, December or the middle of December, so head to ChristianFletcher.com or Christian Fletcher Events on Facebook, and we'll keep you posted. Absolutely, and uh, and if you want
0: to hear a uh, a fun little podcast or a slightly different bent, uh, my wife Susie and I we have another podcast on the Rufus Project Network called What the History. It's available over at wthpod.rufusproject.com, uh, and uh, we just talked about a uh, an unknown secret of Australian military and a rather unfortunate secret. Uh, of the U.S. military, so uh, a bit of a war-themed one, but don't let that put you off. It's quite a, quite a fun one, and that's what what history is. It's it's quick bites of history to make you say, "What well, the
1: history?" So check it out, and uh, we hope to see you over there too. Definitely recommend it. So well, okay. From Spice Girls to outer space, I'm looking forward to our next chat, Trevor.
0: I'm very surprised the Spice Girls didn't have a Star Wars <laughs> gag in their movie because they had everything else.
1: <laughs> oh, we had aliens, but yeah. That's oh, that's funny. true. That's true. They did a, a
0: spaceman in there. We that's won't true. credit that, as well. I, I stand corrected because again, I don't want them angry at me, so I'm going <laughs> to oh, wrap things up it. now. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, Trevor, I look forward to it. Yep. Catch you then. See you later.
1: From a vast and distant galaxy, a space adventure like no other. Star Crash. Okay, get ready. Here they come. An epic struggle between the forces of good and evil. Starring David Hasselhoff, Marjo Gortner, and Carolyn Monroe as Stella Star, the most beautiful pilot in the galaxy. Star Crash. Going to be
0: bad, so that it's good. What's this movie? Do you think we should have got bad? I love dodgy creatures, but we wanna know what the redeeming features. Boy. Oh boy. Christian and Trevor on the case, watching movies from all over the place. I'm the says it's bad, but we wanna know is it fun to be had. Boy?